Welcome, everyone, to episode 55 of Kowalski Analysis. I'm your host, Robbie Kowalski. Thank you for tuning in. Hope everybody's having a great Monday or whatever day you're watching or listening to this. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, take a moment right now, if you don't mind, and go ahead and share this out. If you're watching it on Facebook or YouTube, share it out. I got a really excited guest, very inspirational story. I can't wait to bring him. His name is Rashawn Copeland. I'm going to tell you about who he is in a second. I would appreciate it if you shared it out. And if you haven't already left me a review on the podcast, if you've been listening, or even if this is your first episode, leave me a review. It really helps me get bigger guests. I'm working hard to get uh, the high and most inspirational people possible. And when you have reviews, they tend to be more likely to come on the show. So tonight's guest, let's tell you about him, is Rashawn Copeland. He's an author, he's an evangelist, and he's the founder of I'm So Blessed Daily. He's also the founder of Without Walls Ministry. He's a writer for church leaders. Um, Different Church Leaders, God TV, and the God's Not Dead blog. He's also the host of the Scripture and Stories podcast. And uh, Rashawn lives in Oklahoma City with his wife, Denise, and their three children. Before we jump in with him and I bring him in, I just want to mention my sponsor, and that is Mr. Micah Hughes. Micah is a close friend of mine, and he does everything. If you want to buy a home, if you want to sell a home, or if you want to invest in real estate, Micah is your man. Give him a call at 443-532-8450. He does business across the whole United States. He'll take good care of you. He is a, a good, godly man, a, a fellow believer. Well, if you're a believer, and uh, he will take good care of you. So you can mention my name and tell him I sent you. So without further ado, let's bring in our guest tonight, Rashawn Copeland. Welcome to Kowalski Analysis. Thank you, man. Now, where are you at? You said you had a, a pipe burst in your house while you were away? Yeah, so we were out in Puerto Rico, visiting my wife's family, had a great time, uh, but unfortunately, we left the ocean to come back to an ocean in our house. <laughs> it was crazy. It was, yeah, just a whole bunch of water, a pipe broke, and now our insurance company and our management company is getting things squared away at the house, and it's been really good, you know, just from a perspective of man we we're so unworthy of it all I'm just thankful that god's working through it uh right now even though it's causing us to be pruned and all that stuff it's awesome though and you're i love your attitude bro because i don't know that i'd be saying it's awesome but yeah that's good oh you're smiling dude that's good there's so many verses that tell you not to complain and i complain man i, I can complain and i'm Me like too bro i, I know that that's <laughs> I, I could be hurting myself. There's, you know, power in your words. So I got a yeah. tighter, tighter uh, rain on my tongue. Hey, but, in the first 10 minutes, I was like, the first 30, 40, 50 minutes, I was like that. I was hot. Because we were coming home and we're ready to get in our own beds and enjoy time. Yeah, it was just wild, bro. Yeah. You're in Oklahoma, right? Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma City. You ever heard of, you're young. How old are you? I'm 34, bro, so I'm up there. You're young, dude. I'm 48. You Are look you? young. You age gracefully. I appreciate it. I work hard at it. Have you ever heard of <laughs> Color Me Bad? Oh, say again, bro. You ever heard of the group called Color Me Bad? Yeah. So that guy, the lead singer, he lives in Oklahoma. That's where they're from. Oh, yeah. I didn't Brian, see. I didn't know that. He's making gospel music. I got to connect you guys. Dang, that'd be awesome. Hook yeah. me up. Yeah, connect me, bro. <laughs> And yeah, where are you located? I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. Nice. I used to live in Odenton or, or Fort Meade. Really? My dad was stationed on base there. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yep. 
That's right down the road. Nice. All right, before we get started, I wanted to play a little game called This or That, just so our guests could get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to ask you hmm. a few questions, and you just tell me this or that. Okay, Paul or Peter? Paul. Paul, okay, that's what I would say. Egypt or Babylon? Babylon. Okay, Psalms or Proverbs? Psalms. Psalms, okay. Southern food or Puerto Rican food? Puerto Rican? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a book or a movie? Book, all right, all right, that's good. That tells us a little bit. So, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your childhood. You grew up, are you a military brat, so you were all over the place kind of thing? Totally. Uh, military brat. Uh, my dad was, man, he was everywhere because of the military. And we just, yeah, lived everywhere from Kansas with Toto in the Wizard of Oz all the way down to Miami, Florida with the most fabulous beaches and the shopping off the wall. Like all that craziness happened in Miami and it was just awesome. But yeah, I learned a lot through all of it. But I would say the main thing was really trying to figure out who I was. I was all always identified with what I did or what my dad did. But yeah, I got wrecked years into my high school years. And I come to, came to a senses that I'm nobody at all outside of someone in need of a, a great savior to show me who I truly am in him. And it, it changed everything for me one night when I was, yeah, hanging out, bro, with this girl that I was in love with. And this guy pulls up. Yeah, he, shot, right? yeah, I got shot. Yeah, totally. Crazy, so, bro. Yeah, so let me ask you, were you, were you raised in a Christian home? So I wasn't raised in a, like a Christian home. My mom was a Baptist, but she was lukewarm, very lukewarm. Yeah, My same. dad was a guy who practiced Muslim, like Islam. And they were just really confused in their own faith walks. And yeah, I was just trying to figure it out. Who is this God? Is there a God at all? Matter of fact, I feel like I'm God at times, and I was so foolish and ignorant, and I was just prideful, bro, and yeah, God wrecked me. The true and living God wrecked me, and I'm thankful he breaks us to save us sometimes, like uh, David said. So you were a high school athlete, like football star, is that right? Yeah, yeah, football athlete, really did a lot of awesome things on the football field. That's where I pretty much would say my identity was attached to because that's where I got the love. The teachers would be like, Rashawn, that was a great catch last night. Or the girls would be rubbing up against me on the locker. Like all that stuff came and was birthed out of my identity that was attached to that sport called football. And as I was playing, I found myself really, and getting those scholarships, I found myself really in this place where it was like, I'm really important. I'm really a valuable person. And I, I just started walking that way, talking that way. And people became, began to matter less and what they could do for me became, began to matter more. And but before you, that's when I got caught up in that predicament where I was shot down left for dead, but it all. Were you in LA when that happened? No, I was actually in Kansas, but the guy was from Chicago and he was a blood. He was a gang member, but needless to say, yeah, the girl that he was in love with was with me that night and we got into a, a argument and he takes he takes initiative in saying like where are you at and I would unwisely tell him where we were that night and 10 minutes later he pulls up in a van 
And then five guys jump out of the van. They're walking towards us. I'm scared out of my mind because we're sitting in this car listening to Get Rich or Die Trying by 50 Cent, some rap music. So there's a side of me like, oh, okay, let me go bang and fight these guys. But there's another side of me like wanting to shrivel up and start the ignition and drive off fast I can. But my pride wouldn't allow me to do that. Ignorance, yeah, yeah, just ignorance is bliss until the consequences hit. I jump out the car and I walk towards him and boom, he pulls out a pistol. I turn and I run, I slip and I fall. He stands over me. Boom, boom. Two gunshots ring out. I began to scream out. I get up to run. I turn back and I see them get in the car. They're, the vans, are they get in the van? They're driving towards us. And I look down and after I dove at the left side of the car where the girl was sitting, but she was now gone. And I see through the underneath the part of the car, underneath the car, that this van is stopped and these guys get out and then they jump back in. And I was scared that they was going to come finish me off, but by the grace of God in that moment, he spared me. They drove off. But I just remember landing this cold cement and this warm blood, just thinking, wow, like what just happened? Like losing my mind's racing, my heart's beating. And I thought I was a dead man that night, but I came to the realization no one was there. Like my coaches weren't there. My friends weren't there. The girl wasn't there. Nobody but God was there to answer my cry in my darkest moment. And he truly did meet me right where I was. And he sent somebody who I would call an angel. And that's why I love what David says, the angel of the, I began to fear God in that moment when I cried out to him. And I believe that what David said is so profound. The, the angel of the Lord is encamped around those who fear him. I had some reverence or deep respect for God in that moment because he was all I was able to acknowledge in that moment. Because at, at the end of the day, I've heard the Baptists or the Pentecostal or the Puritans preach about, hey, once you die and then the judgment. I heard that stuff, especially from my mom's side of the family. And I was just scared out of my life. Like, this is the moment I'm going to die. And then God, out of that fear, he brought someone to save me, who I would call an angel to this day. But yeah, the Lord was there fully. It was really him saving me. So yeah, tell me about how... I was, uh, wow, 17 years old, getting ready to go on 18, that three still, months later. You were still in high school. Still in high school, okay. young and wild. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the person that he sent, was it like a paramedic or was it someone after? As you were it was, from what I've heard, um, he was an off-duty police officer. However, from that moment, I never have seen him since. Like literally, he dropped me off at the hospital and it was such a beautiful representation of Christ. Like he comes in our darkest moments. He radically rescues us. He takes us where we need to be but his shirt was full of blood and it was my blood and i just have this picture like now that i look in retrospect how beautiful is it that christ on our behalf he did the same thing but christ didn't have our blood on him his blood was shed for us yeah and it gives us this beautiful picture it's like yeah we were radically rescued to rescue radically but it was beautiful to embrace the truth that god sent that man and he saved me in our darkest hour and I've never seen him since and I wonder to this day I just thank God for him I wonder if it was an angel that day but I don't know yeah sometimes you know God sends angels and they look like humans right yeah so, you know, yeah no, 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 no. so 
you know, I, and I, it, it's funny that you mentioned that about Christ and our blood on his, I was actually just thanking God this morning during my quiet time. I was like, thank you that you just made it so easy for us to ask for forgiveness. We don't have to kill an yeah. animal. We don't have to do nothing. All we got to do is say, I'm sorry. I'll yeah. we'll try to do better next time. And it's awesome. That's so good. Ain't that right, bro? I love how you break that down, Rob. So good. So you're in the hospital, and, and I had a near-death experience 10 years ago. This is when I rededicated my life to God. I had backslidden, and I was really far from God. And I had this near-death experience where I believe I was standing at the great white, white throne judgment, of judgment, and I heard a guy. Oh. Yeah. I, I saw my name on a screen. It said Rob Kowalski. And I heard a gavel come down, and it said Antichrist. And yeah, like I was against Christ or something. And, and it's, uh, I heard God's voice and I felt his anger when he said, you're the reason my son was killed. And then basically Whoa. I, I heard it. And I felt the anger and it said, you will now burn in unquenchable flames in exactly two minutes. That's what I heard. First I heard a pause between you will now burn in unquenchable flames. And then I heard exactly two minutes. And I remember how scared I was in that moment because I thought I was going to hell. And I was, yeah. and <laughs> that's when I, and ever since then, like I've, walk the narrow path as, as closely as I can because I fear God. Like I, yeah. I from the moment I met God 20 years ago, I always had a desire to be with Jesus. I mean, I was pretty beautiful, old, but not like I am now because, and I don't think people think enough about that. Like you said, you're going to die, you're going to face judgment. People aren't thinking about that and they're living like yeah. all there is. And it's going to be a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of regret, There's a, and I believe that's what that gnashing teeth is. People are going to be like, oh, they're going to be yeah. so regretful that they didn't uh, choose God's way right now while they had time. Beautiful. Man, so true. So true. And here's the thing. Like, there's this wrathful, just side of God, but him being this loving God that doesn't want to see anyone perish, but all to come to knowledge of his son, Jesus. There's that aspect of him, but... In ways, there's some of us that won't get that message of love, love, love. He, Jesus loves you. But we have to hear that truth in love that, hey, we are sinners that are far from God, that need a Savior, and that you need to repent and believe the good news because that will set you free when you know this truth. And I think we just all need, yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm so excited to see what he's going to continue to do in and through us as we continue to be faithful. Hey, Rob Kowalski here. When I first got serious about living intentionally and becoming a better version of myself, I found a major shortage of things to do and people to do them with. And it was the loneliness and boredom that led me to starting CityFam. So I just want to take a moment right now and encourage you to go over and join the CityFam Facebook community. It's a free Facebook group, and in it you'll find purpose-driven people from all over the world that want to enjoy life to the fullest. You can search it on Facebook, or you can go to www.friendswithbetterbenefits.com, and it'll take you right there. While I'm mentioning it, if you're single, searching for real love, love before sex, as I like to say, I want to encourage you to join the Waiting Works community. That's another free Facebook group I put together designed to help people wait well, date well, and ultimately hit the mark in life and love. And you can go to www.reallovewaits.com and I'll see you over there. Now back to the episode. Yeah, I want to hear the story. So you were in the hospital and, and you, you cried out to God and then you just started cultivating the relationship with him after that. And then how did you end up in LA? And I want to hear yeah. the story how I'm so blessed daily. I want to get, we'll get to all that. But just tell me about that early, the early years. Awesome. Yeah. So for some reason, uh, after I got shot down, I, I began 
to contemplate a lot of things. My life, of course, that, that's a significant change. You go from being the star athlete that has University of Nebraska, Tulane University, all these colleges beating down your door to get you into their school. And then all of a sudden, after one night, you get phone calls of saying from coaches, hey, we don't want this guy. We think he's a gang member. We can't have him at our school. And everything is crushed. Like that idol was stripped. And my heart was exposed for what it is. And I remember just being at this point where I had to reexamine a lot of things. And unfortunately, Jesus didn't deliver me in that moment from the power, at least the knowledge being delivered from the power of sin and death in that moment, in the penalty of sin in that moment, because I didn't fully give my life to him. I would say I was uh, just thankful that God saved me from physically dying, but not spiritually bringing me to life. So I found myself. After, years after that, uh, going to junior college and playing ball again, trying to work my way up to that star, stardom again. But thankfully, God didn't allow that to happen. He took me a different direction. I commissioned into the Army as an Army officer because I had a child out of wetlock, and I had to find a way to take care of this baby. So I found myself in Army Medical School in San Antonio, Texas, and at this moment, I was like, ah, I don't like this 5 a.m. getting up in the morning, being under authority, under someone's authority. And I, I just wanted to do my thing because a comparison was compelling me to go out to L.A. My cousin was in L.A. doing movies. He was acting. He was living that life. He was in movies with Zac Efron, the lucky one, as his best friend in that movie. And he was in American Pie, living the life. And I was like, I want to be the only chocolate brother on the screen with all these stars. <laughs> Why am I here? And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go AWOL. So immature. I'm going to leave all this and go out to L.A. and pursue my dreams. So that's what I did. So I went out to LA, but needless to say, God was going to use me being in the land of broken dreams. They call Hollywood the land of broken dreams because so many folks go out there pursuing, pursuing. And he was going to use me being in those circles, achieving the success of social media fame. I began to get really famous, not really famous, but famous online from the standard of being a social media influencer. You were the equivalent yeah. of an Instagram model. Exactly. A couple thousand here, thousand there followers, viral videos, things like that. I noticed after I became a hype man for Soulja Boy for a moment and several other artists working with Tech 9 and things like that, I was like, why do I have this home in the valley, this G-Wagon, all these things, but yet I still feel so empty. I have this girl of my dreams at USC who's in law school, but on the site, because she's not cutting it, she's staying pure, taking care of herself. I'm on the side, sleeping around, messing around, and I talking to a girl in the porn industry. Like, all this stuff, This I just was so unstable. The double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Who who knows this man? Like, I, I found myself in this place where I was just in a dark, deep pit. Yeah. The Bible says, curses the man who trusts in himself. And mm -hmm. all this time, I've been trusting in myself and not looking to the God who who gave me life, gave me a purpose and a future. And I remember finding myself in this dark place where I had a pistol in my mouth, getting ready to take my life. And two weeks before this moment where I was at this dark moment, I was at Baylor University where my brother plays football. 
And he was with RG3. They were doing great things on the field. And I met a girl, and I'll never forget this, and I'm going to bring you back to where I was in that dark moment, but I met a girl who was the a Christian girl who invited me to an FCA party. This party was totally different than the LA parties. They didn't have the bottles popping, the model, models wearing these skimpy stuff, like da-da-da. They had Red Bulls and, and sodas and things like that. And But here's the thing that was so beautiful about the girl. The girl would look at me intently, genuinely want to hear my story. It was the first time I was in a scene where I'm talking to a girl and she doesn't look over my store, over my shoulder for someone more important to come in the door. She really wanted to know Rashawn. And she didn't throw Jesus down my face and in my throat. She did make it known who was her Lord and Savior. But I, I left there. And, and here's where it takes me back to, and this is where she rung in my darkest moment, and it changed my life forever, but sitting in this dark room, as I got the gun in my mouth, I'm shaking, I'm putting it out, I'm putting it back in, I'm shaking, I'm putting it out, I'm about to take my phone lit up, my eyes opened up wide, and I was like, okay, who is this? I put my phone down, I my the gun down, pick up the phone, and their genesis, the Christian girl that was at Baylor, who was hitting me up in my darkest hour via social media. And that's why I love what you do, bro, Rob, online. You're impacting folks digitally because you never know who's on the other side. But she wrote me saying this, oh, how wide, how deep, how vast the love of God is and nothing in all creation can separate us from this love that's found in Christ Jesus. And I read it and read it, started weeping and weeping. I gave my life to the Lord that night and it changed everything. But I did have some crazy stuff happen after, like, the OBE, out-of-body experience, yeah. uh, which was a game-changer for me. Yeah, let's talk about that. How old were you when that happened? Man, so that was right in that season where I was at, I would say, the dark night of the soul. I was conflicted. It was right when I was around 26, after college, when I was pursuing fame, fortune, money, and women in L.A. and all the stuff that Tell didn't cut it. So what happened? Some, so some church or what, how did that happen? No, so what was wild, God couldn't get through to me through, with an evangelist or with a Christian person to walk up to me and encourage me into Christ. Yeah. He had to use dark, spiritual, demonic activity to get through to me. Wow. And that's exactly... When I realized that this, I'm just a finite, I'm, I'm just this futile human being. I have this flesh that's going to go away one day. I'm in a body I, I, and I have this soul. And when I realized I'm a spiritual being, it changed everything. And that there's spiritual, there's a spiritual war activity around me every single day, all day. And he exposed it to me in the darkest of night using those demons. It was literally demons that were around me bringing this chaos and this utter, it was the scariest thing of my life, bro. I never had went through that. I was outside of my body looking down at my flesh, like looking down at myself sleep, so to say, and these demons were swarming around me. It was the scariest thing I've ever, and I don't openly speak about it much until I, someone ask or things like that but it was literally like fear now, factor so i i, I want to ask more about it so i had a, an experience when i first became a christian my story was i was a, a 
club promoter. I was a stripper before that. I was a club promoter. Same thing, chasing girls. Yeah. Just having a good time. And um, I had a little exposure to Christianity when I was younger, but never had heard God's voice or felt his presence. So I didn't know if it was all real or not. I had gotten saved. I'd even been baptized once uh, to pray. But um, I had this road to Damascus experience where the Holy Spirit came over me. God called me. I, I heard his voice as sure as I'm talking to you. He said, trust me, follow me. And um, yeah. I did. And uh, I, I actually had demons come against me at this time, like over the next couple of days. Where, but they were in people. And I could see their face change when the demon looked at them. Like they kind of yeah. just distorted. And then they, yeah. were, they were saying things to me that there's no way that they could have known. They're, 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 they, knew, they were saying things that I said to people like thousands of miles away. And they were repeating them to me. They were saying things. So I knew that they were those demons. And coming and banging on my door. So, I, yeah, it was my experience was so crazy. I ended up in, in the hospital for, for a wow. few months because I was, yeah, I was like, freaked me out. Not that I didn't admit myself. My friends admitted me because I was trying to tell them what was going on. And I was talking out of my head, too. Yeah. Bit. I was just so overwhelmed by the experience. But, yeah, so I'm curious to hear about what triggered it. Was it just, was it a dream? Was it, was it anything that triggered it? Or was it, were they in people? Or were you kind of like, you saw the, uh, just the spirits, the demons themselves, but not inside of a body? Yeah. So, bro, that's a great question. To this day, I ask questions about what triggered it. There were parts of me that was fully seeking. And I was, God knew I was asking the questions like, why don't I, like, why don't I see you, God? If you're real, if there's a real battle that's going on outside of me, outside of these people that you place in front of me, why won't you ever show? I was asking questions, but it was like underneath my voice. It was like inward proclivity. Yeah, exactly. But God, and also I was in right in the middle of some of the most toxic people that would come into these rooms that I was in at times said they attempted to sell their soul and people that was in witchcraft and all types of things, darkness, the dominion of darkness was heavy right there in the middle of LA. I, I was around all these homeless folks and there were all types of things that were talking to themselves, schizophrenic, all these different things that I opened myself up to. And I would just sit next to yeah, yeah. Some people who practiced and worked in uh, that world, in the spiritual world, fortune tellers, I was visiting them. There were a ton of things that opened up that door. I went back and I would just tremble on my bed at night after having that experience because it was just so real to me. And I was, I love Rob that you went to your friends and you had a friend you could trust and talk about that stuff. Because for me, I only had that girl that was at Baylor that I went back to because she knew the spiritual things and she came to me with spiritual things, but it was from a place where she knew the truth about all of it. And she had a peace that just exuded from her and everyone else. I didn't want to talk to about it because it felt like it was just so painful to, and it, it, they didn't, when they spoke, it didn't give me a peace about speaking about it it was yeah. more pain yeah my, my friends didn't either because they weren't christians I, I, what happened i was prophesying god was telling me things about the future about world wow. and you know the day before i'm i'm literally partying day, taking drugs with these guys we got girls on the bar with their titties out and just it was crazy Dang, real deal the next day i get baptized in the spirit and i'm prophesying and i'm trying to tell them like what's going on and they're just freaked out they think that i'm having some drug uh, related 
a whatever inducement vaccination or something. And I'm like, and I know it's real, but they they don't understand it. And yeah, it was wild, man. But back to the thing you said about the demonic or or just the whole like that dark. It's it's so crazy how right now in the world it's like it's not even hidden. There's Mm -hmm. you see this shoe by little Nas X, that shoe with. the human blood in it it's like a drop of human blood they make six oh yeah i heard about that yeah it's literally got a pentagram one i'm like crazy are goofed because whatever they're believing is going to happen but after this with the devil is is a lot yeah and, and, and you're, you're gonna have tremendous regret if that's what you believe and i think i think little totally. is something like i'd rather reign in hell than serve in heaven or something He's yeah trademark that saying or something which is it's wild how out in the open it is now totally in that's the world we live in uh, the times are getting darker you remember in the scripture it talks about the days are evil like and the days are getting even much more evil so be mindful of, of what we were doing every single day and i think that's just so important bro and i try to there's moments where i try to go back to those thought processes of man yeah, yeah, it's just, it's tough, bro. But we got to remember, we haven't been given the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And God's given us a purpose to bring that light into the darkness. So exactly. it's going to be, yeah. The way I look at it is it's going to get darker. It's going to continue yeah. to get darker. That's what, that's what the Bible tells us. But if you look at like right before God took the Israelites out of Egypt, he made it really uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, you think about it. Remember the Israelites? Oh, Yeah treating them harshly they were making them make bricks without straw so but i believe the reason was is because he wanted to take them out so he made it really uncomfortable for them to say so by the time he said moses said let's go they all left so imagine us god doesn't want us here this is so when jesus comes back he's going to make it really uncomfortable for the christian beforehand i believe to the point 100 percent done with this place dude just take me home you know like exactly exactly i feel you there's like a longing we're just journeying through this place. We're foreigners. And the Bible says we're sojourners. We're literally on a journey. This isn't our home. I think it blows my mind to think, yeah, what's to come? He said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the good things he has in store for those who love him. And we need to bring more people with us. And that's the evangelistic heart that I have. And I don't know what your specific calling or gifting is. Uh, it seems like you may be evangelical as well. It is. Uh, like evangelist? Yep. Hospitality, faith, and evangelist. Yep. Nice. Yeah. It seems like you have that evangelist heart. Yeah. So, man, it's exciting that we can be a part of the bigger story. But, man, yeah, our neighbors and people across the hall need to know right now who our Savior is, man. So, I'm with you in that. I, I think people don't think enough about heaven because it, it's yeah. all the really how good it was going to be a lot easier to do the right thing here because it's going to be so good you know yeah totally totally so tell me about i'm so blessed daily how did you come up with the idea of that you know what one of the big things is when i realized the power of just social media just being online and we created it as a digital outreach ministry radically rescued online surely god can use me and whoever else will come under or come with the i'm so blessed daily vision to radically rescue others and we just started from one page one post and here six late years later is six million people on this facebook page and we literally just spent every day being faithful in 
reaching folks, no matter where they are online, just gospel truth. And that's an encouragement online. So I just hope if there's someone else that was is in a predicament like me, they're getting ready to take their own life or they feel like their life is over or it's out in the out on the wayside somewhere. They feel lonely. I just want to encourage them into the truth that they can be, they can, they're seen, they're known, they're loved, and they can be changed in, in a moment. They can experience the freedom uh, that I've experienced through Christ and being his chosen beloved son, whom I never even imagined I could be. I, dude, I yeah. think about that for myself. I'm like, man, I know who I was and the things yeah. I've done. And I'm like, you would think I'd be disqualified, but I'm not. Yep. And if it, it's actually the things that you did that God will use to bring like hope and healing to others. Because I would, I'm I like, you know, I talk about sex a lot. And I'm yeah. the best person that I would believe you could give that platform to because I'm like, I'm sure I'm not disqualified. And he's totally. Like, exactly. That's the, it's almost like the, the, remember that show they used to have on HBO called Scared Straight? Oh, yeah. They yeah. Send, they send the prisoners back to talk to the kids. And I was totally. saying, I'm like, so you send somebody that's done the time that knows what it's like. So the people like you, like, I, I know there were times in my life where I, I had everything I thought I wanted as a kid. I had popularity, money, girls, and my relationship, my life was chaos. It was just chaotic. Yeah. Relationships were crap. And I didn't know what was wrong. Why am I spending all this time being a girl? And as soon as I sleep with her, I don't want her anymore. I couldn't yeah. figure out what the problem Crazy. Was. And that's why Jesus really is. He's the Prince of Peace because it's not always easy to do things his way. But if yeah. you, you can't put a price tag on the peace of God when you are just in the center of his will. It's man. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's so good. So good. I, I think of when you say that, like the vine. I am the true vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But it's amazing how when we just stay connected to the vine, it brings life into every other aspect of our life. Like it reminds me of uh, Matthew six thirty three: uh, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added on. It starts right there, and then it just blossoms out. Like we got to be grounded. Yeah, I'm gonna. So I serve. I'm always, I'm connected to the local church for sure. I think that's where God, he truly wants us. It's about his church. It's not about our individual ministries, but the overall, the church, God and his kingdom, his mission. And I'm not an actual pastor, but I'm like an online, so to say, pastor sure. or evangelist, where yeah. it feels like I'm shepherding folks Absolutely. in a broader way. A lay pastor. That's the way I kind yeah. of like I don't have a title and I don't really care. Yeah. Separating the flock of people. So you and you're totally also, you're a gospel singer. Hey, back in the day, I used to do like spoken words and a little bit. I'm not really a singer, but I tried early I when I came from the music industry doing some spoken word albums and stuff like that. But yeah, okay. I need to get you on my show to talk about your book, The Truth I'd About Sex. To, and yeah, the whole way because I, I can break it down for people practically why it's in your best interest and what, what will yeah. happen don't wait totally people. so yeah so what are you excited about? got the book out let's talk about the book actually start where you are i love that yeah that concept because i you know i'm a big believer and like it's never too late to be, be who you might have been i love that saying you know i didn't think i'd be here i thought i don't know where where my life is gonna go i'm sure sure without jesus i'd be better i'm sure maybe locked up or at the very what? 
I would have just been a, such a, a source of uh, regret or depression to my mom's sadness because I would have made so many bad choices and she would have had to deal with all those. Yeah. So, I love that, that whole concept of uh, starting where you are. So what was your motivation in writing this book? 100% bro thanks for asking and people just feel trapped like they feel trapped in their negative emotions and their negative behavior and whatever habits or mistakes of their past like literally feel like they're stuck and my encouragement is that everyone that Jesus met he met them where they were not where they pretended to be right where they were and he somehow, some way, continually shares throughout the narrative of the scripture, like, he doesn't come for perfect people who have it all together, but those who are sick and need a doctor, who actually acknowledge, like, man, I struggle with porn, I struggle with anxiety, I struggle with depression, I struggle with anger and lust and all these other things, but he encourages us, he doesn't meet us there to keep us there, but to love us through it and lead us out of it. If you look at the Samaritan woman who was at the, he met her and didn't condemn her, didn't say something harsh to her, but he was simply sharing her what her problems were, but yet he showed her a better way. And she went back and she was the first female evangelist reached to a city. The whole city got sent. The road of Damascus, we we're just talking about, Paul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Jesus loved him through his mess as he was going to go kill the people of him. I just was blown away by this. And here's what one of my main motivators of writing this book, bro, is I worked in a county jail after coming to Christ. That was the next like vocation thing I did. God put me in a county jail because I had my undergrad in criminal justice and I was in the military and I just got how it, it felt right in that season. And I went there and I would talk to everyone from OKC, Thunder, basketball, NBA cheerleaders to guys who were in there for double homicides. And what I would say to them, have you ever considered giving your life to Christ? And they would say like the same things. They'd be like, are you kidding me? Do you see where I am right now? I'm in this jail cell. You think God wants anything to do with me? Right. Like he like, and they would say like the same things. And basically what I would do, I was like, you're a perfect candidate. God doesn't grade on the, he doesn't grade like humans grade. We look, for resumes without blemishes and gaps, but God looks for resumes that are blemishes and gaps that, that have faults and aren't perfect. So I just was walking them through that. And I just remember, man, if I could ever write a book, it'd be about how God meets people in their mess, how he loves them through it and how he leads them out of it. And his scripture is clear about that, but he did this all while we're sinners, Christ died for us. So it's not about what we do, but simply by grace through faith. It is a gift of God so that no man may boast. So that was my heart behind the book, the hopeful heart for it. I love it. Over 400 yes, sir. on Amazon. I look today, five-star average rating. So it's killing it. People are obviously man. It. It's really good. You got five books on Amazon. Oh, man. But I only claim maybe one or two of them. The rest <laughs> of them were just books <laughs> I literally did by myself. And I did it for family members and the dog. <laughs> isn't it tough it's tough right bro if i can ask you a question bro because i'm definitely i can't wait to get into your book i haven't got to read it yet but i look forward to getting into it it is a season where i've ever, i've even talked in our community groups i need to get our whole community group a copy of your book because 
we were talking about how sex is literally the number one certain thing it says across like that is a great keyword for these days bro like i just feel like it's we have we live in a time where people use sex outside of the means god all created it for and i think it's just so timely and it help, it'll help me even on my understanding of what what the truth about sex is and i can't wait bro yeah i'd love for you to check it out and maybe like it endorse it but i got a totally that goes with it and the main thing is i tell people is what what happened to me over and over and what i see happen to so many people is they have sex they get that oxytocin release which is biology mm -hmm. Yeah, and then they drift into a relationship with the wrong person, and this is why the divorce rate is fifty percent. Why the other people wow. married, a lot of them ain't happy. So you can't do things the way everybody else is doing them and expect to get a different result. Like you're, you're the odds of uh, you finding landing in a happy marriage if you have sex outside of before it. It's, it's yeah. So you have to be smarter than the average person. And, um, you know, that's what God knows. It's like, I'm doing it. I've done it. I did it one way. And now I'm doing it a different way. And I see the results in my life. It ain't easy, you know. But it, in some ways, it's easier because, like I said, my life was so chaotic before. Where now, it's, it's almost like you were really in shape. You were really lean. It's hard to stay lean, right? Because you die. You got to exercise. But it's also hard. It's hard to be fat in a different way. So that's the way I was before. Before I was fat, I was, it was hard in a different way. Now I'm in shape. And it's hard still, but different. Yeah, I can look at myself in the mirror and hold my head up high. I'm proud of the person that I am. I have a lot of people in my life that I care about that I've been able to positively influence and positively influence me. And, you know, before a lot of these women that I'm I'm doing life with, I would have slept with, and they would be gone. Yeah. they would be like Rob's an ass, and they'd be like, you know, like he's a yeah. jerk. Yeah, be out of my life. So I had. To, I'm glad I. I figured it out and I really only did it. My only motivation for doing it got me here. This wasn't my idea. When you were talking about the woman at the well and how everybody got saved after because she went back and she shared a story, the guy told me this uh, story one time and I'll share it with you. He was talking about when Jesus took his disciples over to, I forget where they were. Was it in Samaria? Remember where the guy, that guy yeah. was possessed by a demon? And he, he was naked yeah. around and he was like, I don't know if he was like, they would try to chain him up and he said his name was Legion. Anyway, they cast out the demon. He said, the first thing he told me, he said, Jesus took his disciples over to whatever the land was, and he experienced three things. Pigs, pigs something, and poltergeist. Pigs, uh, oh. pigs, pigs, pagans, and poltergeist. That's what it was. Oh, got it. And he said he cast the demon out of the naked guy, and the guy, and he says, and they remember, if you remember, the people came out of their town, and they asked him to leave. They're like, leave, you know, and so he left, because, you know, God's a gentleman. But the next time he came, I forget how many thousand people were saved. And he said to me, he goes, what was the difference? And he, he goes, there was a naked guy. Because remember, the naked guy wanted to leave with him after he cast Oh, him. yeah, that's he right. Said, he said, no, you stay. Tell everybody what God's done for you. So the next time he came, all these people got saved. And he said, that was the difference. And I, I said to the guy, I said, I was the naked guy. Like, literally, wow. I was the naked guy. And Jesus saved me. And now I go around telling everybody because, yes, he, he has a great hey, plan. Like, that's him. real. I love that. I, I love that, bro. Oh. I can't wait to dig in. Yeah, let's sort of, yeah, I can't wait to dig in on your story and, yeah, your book and get you in my show, man. That's going to be awesome. Because yeah, I know so many people that are struggling right now with that yeah. as a believer. It's real. It's such a, it's a very, it's a hard thing, probably harder than any substances. You know, like I had, yeah. I had a lot of addictions I had to overcome, but sex was probably the hardest 
Wow. Yeah, it's just another level, which, you know, the, the, there were only two sins early on, not two sins, but there were two, like, things that James told the early church. I don't remember which church it was that was starting up, but he basically was like, tell them not to be sexually immoral. Don't drink the blood of strangled animals or something weird. But I mean, it was, yeah. like, he didn't tell them any other rules. There were no other, just two. Don't, don't have sex with each other outside of marriage and don't drink the blood of strangled animals or whatever it was. Got it. Like, it's an important one. It's an important So sin. real. It really has the potential to wreck your life like no other sin does. But so what you working with Craig Rochelle, is that right? Were you doing some work? Yeah, so I, I was, so our contract recently ended a little bit after the pandemic. Now we still do a little bit of work, especially with some of their guys uh, as far as consulting and, and things like that. But it's not necessarily to the capacity I used, used to work with. I used to grow their platforms online from the standpoint of organically through a network that we have. Craig Rochelle, Bobby, version. We have a pretty big Christian network on different social channels. And it's been really fun awesome. using our gifts to, to reach people online that's wild. to advance the kingdom. Yeah, that's great. I'm actually going to a global leadership summit. In two weeks. Nice. Okay, cool, bro. That's good okay. to hear. Yeah, I'm not the actual location. Right. Okay. Uh, you're going to Chicago? No, no, no. I'm just going to go to like Satellite. So I've been to satellites, but that's really cool, bro. Awesome. So how did you, you and your wife meet, if you don't mind me answering? So we actually met, interesting enough, I tell people all the time, I met Christ online the two most important people in my life and i met my wife online uh i met her on snapchat actually because i was doing snapchat sermons we started off being friends and started getting to know each other's stories and then we just fell in love over time this has to be my wife and uh, needless to say god worked it out and now she can't get enough of me sometimes she out the house driving 40 50 60 miles per hour away from no, i'm just like <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding yeah but it's fun stuff. Marriage is awesome, especially if you keep him at, as the centerpiece all the time. That's great. And you, and you were just in Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. Enjoyed time with the family. It was extremely fun. I uh, getting around her, her culture, her people, and them loving us well and really just immersing myself in the Spanish community. Now I want to learn Spanish. It's really incredible, bro. Like, I'm like, I feel like I need to sometimes uh, be doing life. Jesus Christ is king or whatever you were saying. Yes. Yes. Jesus, see no. Yeah. Are you, Jesus? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, let me ask you two more questions and I'll let you go because the time is valuable. But what is, what do you think the future of the church is? See everything going Man. on? Man. Digital? Things where everybody's going? Because like after COVID, I know the numbers drops. Yeah. Do you think people will get back to that whole Sunday experience or do you think it's going to shift in some way? I think God's shaking some things up across the board everywhere. As we could see, it's the uncertainty of what we walked through during the pandemic. Like everyone was like, where do we go? What do we do? And what's next? The world, he shook up the world and he shook up the church. We needed those feathers to be ruffled. So we can tap back into him and really hear his heart. Now, for me personally, I think it's a time where it's literally going to start in our own individual prayer closets, and it's going to spill out to the immediate community that we involve ourselves with 
whoever that is, that Christ center community. Uh, and then from there, as long as we do, because they're censoring stuff, even on some social media channels with faith, like yeah. I can be gone at any time. So I'm not putting all my eggs in the bag. I don't think that's fully the answer because man still to some degree will have control over some of that online stuff and da da da. And on the other end, God's separating the sheep from the, yeah, he's doing some separation right now with even within our own selves, all the divided. So I just think right now it's a time to press in individually and collectively to the people who are close to you. But globally, the church is going to continue to advance. He's going to advance his mission. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I just think it's a time. Yeah, the prayer closet is the most sacred place. We need to start. That's where the power is really going to come out. And then that community we're doing life with uh, collectively. I had T.C. Collins on the podcast early on. He was from War, War Room. Did you ever see that? Oh, movie? yeah. Yeah. T.C.'s my guy. I love yeah. that dude. Yeah, he was, he was great. I love that. Nice. He really motivated me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. about end times? You think this is it? You think we're living through them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The clock is running, bro. Like, I truly believe uh, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, and we need to be ready. We need to be dressed and ready. And and I want to say, I don't want to be that guy that, that is just using my time. I don't want to be idle. I want to be faithful with what he's given to me. And that's what our family lives by. And whether it's online or not, he can take it all tomorrow. That's fine. I want to just be able to love my neighbor and go and hit the nations globally, either by supporting the ones that can go or me going out and sharing the gospel, whatever it looks like. But yeah, I just want to be doing what he's called me to do, which is knowing him, loving him and obeying him and then sharing his message with the world. That's the chief objectives. That's it, man. That's where it's all at right there. Yes, well, sir. Thank you so much for coming on. I want to encourage everybody to go out and check out Rashawn. Buy the book, Start Where You Are. Follow uh, his podcast, subscribe to it, leave him a five-star review. It's called Scripture and Stories. Yes, Follow sir. Have you? Rashawn Copeland. Oh, wait, it's just Jesus Feed is actually your Instagram username, right? Yes, sir. Jesus Feed. And I'm so blessed daily is, is the, the other platform. But, man, I'm looking forward to just cultivating a friendship with you. Yes, likewise, bro. This is just the beginning. I'll make sure you have all my contacts, bro. So we, we I, I can't wait to get to know you more and then hear more about your story, bro. And even more than just laboring and working together, I want to get to know you, Rob. You're a great guy, great man of God. Appreciate you for having me, man, and honor you. I appreciate you.